This podcast episode is brought to you by The Cry Lounge. The Cry Lounge is an independent publishing company founded by this podcast host, Bonnie Orbison. The Cry Lounge transfers your daydreams onto paper. With two book releases the past two years, they are preparing to extend their service to other authors and other creators. To get more details and support this show, there's a link in the description you can check out. The Cry Lounge looks forward to meeting you. Hi, my name is Bonnie Orbison, and this is my podcast, Bonnie's Legends. Honestly, I have no idea how to introduce this episode. This episode, I think, changed my life. I'm not quite sure how to describe it exactly, but it changed my life. Just saying, it changed my life. And we always we also talk in this episode a lot about things that changed our lives. If we I mean, Kyla Rain and I. Kyla Rain was an idol, a role model for me for not a long time. You know what I mean? Like, I discovered her and immediately, like, I just saw this one video we're talking about and immediately I texted her. I never had this before and I always kind of had to think about the legend a long time before I texted them and the Kyle was completely different. I immediately texted her. I felt the need in me to immediately text her. So I have completely no idea how to describe Kyla Rain because Kyla is... She is... You know what I mean? Like, she is existing. I don't know. She's like, she is. I have completely no words for her. And just listen to this episode and define Kyla Rain on your own afterwards. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Kyla Rain back in August 2020. Ladies and gentlemen, Kyla Rain. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, thank you for having me on this. This is really, really fun. Thank you for being my guest. No problem. 
hilarious. I want to tell our listeners why I chose you for my guest. So I was on the profile of Beats by Trey because of Charlie XX. Did you listen to her new album? So good. Oh my gosh. Charlie's an actual queen. Yeah, she is. I listened to this album. I was, I was kind of, didn't have that time around the time it came out. And I was like, okay, I will, you know, I will listen to it later. And then I had to do homework for school. And then I was like, okay, I, I listened to it now during homework. And that was like my soundtrack of my whole homework stuff to do. <laughs> it's so motivational. I love that. It's so good. I think Charlie XCX put together the band Nasty Cherry and they just came out with a new song too. That's pretty good. Yeah, Nasty Cherry is brilliant. I love really like the Brain Soup song. That's... Oh my gosh. (laughs) (laughs) So I was on the profile because of Charlie XCX and I love Beats by Trip because they have so many talented artists. Of course, I have like the hope one day I will see myself in their profile too. (laughs) I love that dude. Honestly, they're so, so sweet and reach out to like a ton. Like I am not a big person. I'm a fairly small creative. And so when that opportunity came, I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. Like I, yes. Like, like I promise you it is so possible and so obtainable, especially in like the work that you do as well. I feel like it aligns very nicely with, with who they try to feature. Hopefully they will listen to this episode. (laughs) I believe in you. (laughs) Oh, thank you. And then I scrolled through their latest posts because they were like shadow banned for me. I don't know why, because I was always like watching this post. And then I saw your post. I was like, wow. So she's around my age. She goes to school. She's talented as hell. Like you are the person I want to be like, how old do you know? I'm 19 now. So great. So I want to be this 19, how you are right now. Dude, that's the biggest compliment. Thank you so much. Honestly, I still have like zero clue what I'm doing. I'm just kind of <laughs> walking around and see how everything looks, hoping that something works out in the end. Yeah. And also in the last weeks, I realized that I think our generation has to help more each other and support each other. And I was like, okay, so for season two, I want to have more teenagers. I was like, I started a few. <laughs> Oh, I'm so, dude, I feel that way about our generation too. Like, I think that, you know, the whole stereotype that like our generation is the quote unquote, like lazy generation. Mm -hmm. I think that that is so wrong because we are just Mm -hmm. the generation of freelancers and we don't Mm -hmm. really take, like, like we don't really take the constructs of what's possible and what's been done before. Like we want to make something completely new and to maybe some of like the older generations that might seem Mm -hmm. like because you don't want to work like a nine to five office job when in reality, like. (laughs) freelancing and like being an entrepreneur and an artist and an activist and like everything that our generation's doing right now is like at least in my opinion it's so much harder work but it's so much more rewarding as well yeah Yeah. and I don't know maybe it's also like really German I mean I'm German for example my dad he has his car how are you saying he's preparing like damaged cars he's making them mechanic yeah (laughs) exactly okay and then my mom is a hairdresser and they're all like having these old jobs and then I'm so glad my brother is 14 years older and left Germany really early and has now his own startup factory I'm so happy for that because 
now my mom is tolerating everything I do. Not my father. He still thinks we two don't work, but that doesn't matter. (laughs) I feel that. It's like with with my magazine, my grandma really doesn't understand, really doesn't like, you know, it's not cool or fun. But my dad, he like, he likes it and supports me. He's doesn't really know like exactly what I do but he's like cool opportunities yeah but it was like um I started the magazine when I was a freshman in high school so I was it started it when I was 15 um I started building it in middle school in eighth grade um and it took me a while to get up but in the beginning it was very much like everybody was like why are you doing this like it's never going anywhere like it was just like a blog sort of thing and um yeah it was definitely like I guess earning that respect in the eyes of my elders sort of thing yeah yeah or like when I started with this podcast I was like sending my cramba because he's always like always modern and that stuff and I was like okay he knows what a podcast is and that stuff and I sent him the link and then he listened to it and Bonnie Orbison is not my real name so he didn't knew that and then he was like wait that's that's my grandchild's voice but her name is Bonnie what's going on what what is that what I'm listening to I love that so much. Oh my gosh, that's so wholesome though. <laughs> Did you pick um this name like specifically as like a pot like a podcast name or like like because you said that Bonnie Orbison's not your real name? No, 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 no. So I was always I was I'm always reading out of your crevies of stars and they have pseudonyms and they're telling me that's the worst decision they ever did. And then I was like, I never take a pseudonym. And then I got bullied in school two years and I changed school and I didn't want that the old, you know, like the old classmates find out that I published my book. So I said, okay, what name am I choosing? Then I'm a huge Roy Orbison fan. I was like, is it allowed to take his last name? I don't know. I'm just taking it. <laughs> and then I took his last name and then Bonnie actually came up with, with a book I wrote because the main character is called Bonnie and I, I loved her so much that I called myself after my own main character. <laughs> I love that so much. Yeah. Oh and it's international. Like my, like my real name is Tabia Eberhard. And like in English class, they always sing like Tabia Eberhard. And I'm like, no, it's Tabia, but that's okay. That's fine. <laughs> oh my gosh. No, I, yeah, no, I feel that very much. Rain is not my last name. Rain I thought that. Is, yeah. It's my, um, my middle name, but it's spelled differently. My mom spelt it very very wrong on the birth certificate so I I spell it R-A-I-N because it's like people know how to pronounce it and that's what my dad always wanted but um at this point nobody knows my last name which I think is so entertaining because it Mm -hmm. just started out like like all of my um all of my friends at, at, like that I met at concerts and shows would just call me Kyla Rain because they knew me like off of Instagram or just like from like friends in the arts community and I would always sign like my paintings and my collages as like Kyla Rain um, mm-hmm. and then everything on the magazine too and I switched schools same as you I switched schools and the school that I switched to was where a ton of my concert friends were and so all of a sudden um I'm just like Kyla Rain all day every day and my, <laughs> my teachers just started calling me Kyla Rain instead of my last name and it got so deep that when I came to college like for a long time like nobody knew my last name and then I remember one day I left my ID card on the table and they looked at it and they're just like we've been catfished like who is <laughs> very funny I don't know the classmates are telling me yeah should I call you now Tabia or Bonnie and I'm like I don't care call me however you want and then always then they start calling me Bonnie 
um my my class is so weird they calling like everybody has a different name than their real names and for me that was really good because they just and funny for me <laughs> so i'm asking you now five life questions okay beautiful <laughs> what's your full name <laughs> My full name is Kyla Rain Wiley, but I go by Kyla Rain for all intents and purposes. <laughs> When's your birthday? My birthday is December 16th, 2000. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Christmas, baby. <laughs> Song which describes you the most? Word All the Time Go by Dr. Dog. And this has been a song that I have... I remember because I was at a show once and this random girl walked out to me and she was like, okay, I know you, but you don't know me. And so she, she came up and she was like, do you listen to Dr. Dog? And I was like, random person. No, I do not. Like, who is that? And so she, she goes, okay, you have to listen to the song Where'd All the Time Go? Because I don't know you that well, but I feel like you are the human embodiment of that song. And so I went home that oh. night and I listened to that song. And that was like the biggest compliment I've ever gotten because like, the instrumentals and the lyrics are so like spot on, I guess, for like aspects of myself that I really enjoy, but I don't think that other people kind of see, you know, like that sort of thing. Yeah. And so when she said that, and actually, spoiler alert, this girl ended up becoming one of my best friends and I still know her today um, and we're super close now, but that was like our very first interaction. And so that song will always hold a special place in my heart. Oh, describe yourself in two free sentences. Oh my goodness. You need to give me a second. Two to three sentences. Can I do can I do words instead of sentences? Yeah, sure. Okay. I would say adventurous, um, spontaneous, and loving. I love to I love to love my friends. I have this thing where um, this year I promised myself I would make sure that my friends know how much I love and appreciate them because I feel like that's something that we like, we subconsciously think and we think gets across um, mm-hmm. and it probably does, but I want to start telling people that a lot more, you know? That's, that's beautiful. <laughs> yeah. Who is your legend? My legend. Oh my gosh. Okay. I... I'm going to have to pick, I'm going to have to pick a combo of three. I love Iggy Pop, um, Patti Smith, and Oh my Debbie God. Are, yes. My oh my God. <laughs> These are so I, Iggy, is my, Iggy is my king. Thank you. I, my life will not be complete until I meet Patti Smith in real life. Like that has to, I will be so sad. No, I'm not even going to think about it. I just have to meet her at some point. My um, my best friend Abby, who is the co-owner of my magazine, she we always make jokes. We're like, "You're the Patty to my Robert. You're the Robert to my Patty." And we read like Just Kids together. Um, mm-hmm. And so for her birthday, I got her a first edition copy of M Train signed by Patty Smith, and she started crying. It was like because she's she lives in Australia, and so she flew to America. Um, to live with me for a month, literally never having met each other in real life, but we, we had already been best friends for two years. Um, and so she flew out there and that was like, it was her birthday was a couple of days after she got here. And so I got her that book and I was just like, it was, it was a beautiful moment. Oh my God. I listened to Iggy Pop because of Oh Pretty Woman, the movie. 
Iggy Pop is such such a great musician and such a freak and he's such a legend. And also with David Bowie, when I was in my David Bowie phase, I he lived with him like in Berlin, right? Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. I have you seen the documentary that was um it was like the holy trifecta, um Iggy, David, and Lou Reed, and it was talking about like how they influenced each other's lives in so many weird ways because it was like the whole thing where I want to say first it was Lou Reed and the Velvet Underground and then David Bowie's manager because Bowie had tried to have like a whole like career before that that wasn't going so hot and so Bowie's manager brought him back a copy of one of the Velvet the Velvet Underground's like first albums or EPs and so David Bowie heard that and one of his like earlier songs he actually wrote like a knockoff version of Heroin by the Velvet Underground and so he like well, that was like a huge influence as to like who he became as like the David Bowie that we know. And then Iggy Iggy Pop went to a Velvet Underground show, and that what that was one of the main things that inspired him to start the Stooges. And then he ended up dating Nico after Lou Reed had dated Nico, and then they like all met. And then I don't know, it's just a weird like. There's a lot of weird connections, and it was the most. It was the coolest documentary. I have to watch it literally also i apologize if anything and that was slightly wrong to the people listening i'm pretty sure that that's how it went but watch the documentary to fact check that's fine that's literally fine and then patty smith i think just kids changed my life this mm-hmm. book changed literally my life that was also around the time why i changed school it was i remember it was the last day i was in this school and i finished reading Charles Kids and I cried my eyes out because I was so emotional that I actually have to change school and I was so emotional that, that he's dying and I was like oh, no <laughs> I know it was and just like the way that she writes too like it makes you feel like a whole other level of emotion yeah and you have the feeling you're actually in this apartment she's describing and you're actually in the 60s and 70s of New York and oh my god my mom got me into Blondie when I was four or something. So Blondie is my faith band of all time. That's like, yeah. And then I got Face It to Christmas and I started reading it. And that's so funny because Debbie Harry is like describing what Patty's like, is, you know, they are like mm-hmm. argumenting how New York was during that time. That was so I funny. Know. I think that that's because I'm reading that right now. I'm reading Face It like as we speak. And that was one of the things where I saw and I'm like, I'm like, did Patty and Debbie get along? Like, I I don't know if they were friends. Debbie Harry is like such, yeah, Debbie. I think Debbie Harry is is the woman I want to (laughs) be. Oh my gosh, this is okay. So I'm cutting and dyeing my own hair on Tuesday. And I I have always kept these pictures of young Debbie Harry and my camera roll. And I've always been like, one day I'll get this haircut, one day I'll do it. And so I'm going for a lot more tame version, obviously not as like, um, I can't pull it off like Debbie could, but I am very <laughs> excited because I'm going to go for like a for like a shag and I'm like, I'll finally live out my 70s rock and roll dreams. Hopefully it turns out good. Yeah, my mom is heterous, as I told you. And the moment I think I was 11, I think I, my whole life I'm telling her, I want to look, I want to have the same haircut like Debbie Harry. I want to have this haircut. And I'm always, always hoping that one day, maybe, I don't know, but I'm telling you, you know, this dream I have. <laughs> but I have this dream 
that that I don't know that Debbie Harry is looking for somebody who's script writing the fair face it and then she's taking me and then I'm playing herself in the movie. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh my gosh. I, okay. You have to tell your mom that like, you need to get that haircut at least once just to see if you like it. And if you, cause right now it's cool. Like quarantine, argue this with your mother right now. Nobody is going to see you. Nothing's happening. So it's the perfect time to get a crazy haircut just to see if you like it. Cause if you don't like it, it's not like you're going to see anybody anyways. So might as yeah. well just try. Yeah, but now I'm kind of, because last year, I don't know, two years ago, um, at my confirmation, I cut my hair really short, mm -hmm. and then it, always shorter and shorter, and then at Christmas, I got, how are you saying that? Hold on. <laughs> I always wanted to have this haircut. Um, how are you saying? Oh, yeah. Oh, it's such a German word. <laughs> like permanent waves oh like a perm yeah i wanted to have them and i had short hair and she said okay that's growing out and she, literally at christmas she made that and it took like a half year and then i had like debbie harry style hair and um but then i said i'm i'm growing it out and now it's so long that i don't actually want to cut it right now <laughs> i love that okay no keep it i when i was <laughs> Going into senior year of high school, I cut 20 inches off of my hair. And so my hair was all the way down to my hips, a little bit past my butt. Like it was long, like to the point where people would stop me and be like, oh my God, your hair. But here's the thing is that like, it was so heavy and it would suffocate me when I slept. If I didn't like wear it up in a bun, I would like roll over and like choke myself with all the hair that I had. And so I cut it. I cut it from there all the way up to my chin. Um, and I remember going to going to school, going to orientation that year, and everybody stopped and was like, is this the same Kyla? Because I had always been known for, like, my long, like, dirty blonde kind of hair. And then I cut it, and it got dark, and it was, like, new me <laughs> sort of thing. And I honestly haven't gone back. Like, every time – right now it's, like – my hair is also usually blue. So right now it's, like, quarantine hair kind of faded. But it's, like, past my shoulders um, – And I have such an urge just to shave it all off right now because I really don't like it. But I will refrain. My bleach is coming on Tuesday. So hopefully we can save it. <laughs> yeah. Actually, my wish is always when I'm 18. And I, I, I don't know. But we in Germany, we just have the A-levels. And that's the graduation. And then we can go to the university. But I don't, I, I don't, I'm not really, I'm not the school. I'm not a, somebody who goes to school and it's like yeah that's that's what I love to do you know so I'm not a person who says I will study after I finish my A-levels <laughs> so I'm always saying when I'm 18 and I finished the 12th grade I want to cut my hair like Demi Moore and Ghost Test do you know that like really short yes, yes. yeah like you I want to do that <laughs> oh my gosh that's gonna be so good I'm a big fan of like big hair jobs so that makes me so happy <laughs> Maybe we're still in contact in two years and then I'm sending you a pic. <laughs> Even if we're not in contact, like just, just like hit me up and that'll re-spark the friendship. Um, but I oh. must see pictures of this. <laughs> okay. Oh yeah, we were at Who's the Legend? Okay. <laughs> um, oh my God. <laughs> I've read this book and there's like song lyrics and book ideas and the interview sessions and oh, everything. 
I have one notebook that I have, I've had for the last four years. I got, I started it when I started the magazine and it has like all of my like original interviews that I did in like the back of my local concert venue. It's covered in like stickers and stuff. I love it. I think it's beautiful. I love it though. Cause then you have like something physical and it's like, like a physical representation of like that project or that point in your life. And you can hold it and be like, yeah. this is where it all started. Like that sort of thing, you know? Yeah, but I love your room because I have not two rooms because I'm also dancing and then I have one dance room and then one room where I can sleep and walk now. But I actually seeing all these rooms where like the whole walls are the posters and pictures and then I'm seeing at my wall and I'm like, okay, this is kind of naked. <laughs> I, oh my God. Okay, so first off, you do so much. You dance too? <laughs> Dude, I can't. The most dancing I can do, I can like mosh at a concert and that's about it. That is like the extent of my dancing abilities. But um, yeah, I honestly like I live at my grandma's house. And so for the longest time, she told me that I couldn't put anything up on the walls. Um, and she had this like huge picture of like a, a waterfall. It was very like, like old lady-esque, I guess. Um, <laughs> and so one day when I was I was in middle school, I was honestly just like, you know what? I'm gonna put up so many pictures on my walls that by the time it's done, she won't be able to say no because I won't be <laughs> able to take them down. So that was when I was super into art. So I literally like there was no empty wall. Like you could not see wall at all. It was all just like drawings and paintings and posters okay. and pictures. And then as I got like more into music, I start and like more into like interior design in general, I started to like at least like tone it down a little bit, but still, you know, make sure it's, it has some stuff going on. No. So I had, when I was, uh, when I was younger, I was such a huge Tom Selleck fan and Magnum. Mm -hmm. Do you know Magnum PI? I, series? Yes. Yes. Okay. In Hawaii? Yes. Yeah. So I had, I always said like, literally we're talking again about Magnum in the first episode of season, season one, I'm, two, I'm also talking about Magnum. <laughs> Maybe he will follow through this season. Um, who knows? Anyway, I always said he's like, when it got difficult with my dad, I always, I discovered the series and I was like, I want to have a dad like Tom Selleck. So I got these two posters of Tom Selleck and I put them up on my bed <laughs> So when I would fall asleep, I always looked at Tom Selling and was like, oh, good night, daddy. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that so much. And now I'm actually starting because I'm always a peop- um, person who's like collecting, um, how are you saying, like journal? No, not journal. Like the papers, when you read papers. Like, like newspapers? No, like, it's not a magazine. It's like the daily, like, it's like the New York Times. Okay, so that, that's like a newspaper. Okay, great. Yeah, I know, <laughs> so I know. Have, you have their section of culture. And every time I'm cutting something out of that, and actually I'm starting to collect in that, that spare pin. <laughs> right now, oh gosh. <laughs> I'm starting to, like, getting it more colorful because otherwise it's just going to take it. And, yeah. I feel that. I... I used to do that too, except I keep mine in a notebook. I I collect copies of Rolling Stone, and so I would take out all of my favorite articles, and I started to like make my own issue with like yeah. only my favorite like newspaper clippings in it. Yeah. Um, so I have like a half full notebook of just like really poorly pasted like newspaper stuff. 
Yeah, I have a whole box of that, but I actually did that in a young age too, because I remember when I had a crush on Leonardo DiCaprio, they're like six, <laughs> and he was at the right, around the time he was engaged with Tony Garn, and I collected everything from that journey. Oh my gosh, I love that. Honestly, everybody's in love with Leo. Like, he's just somebody that, like, genuinely could get any, pro- like, he could walk up to a stranger and be like, marry me, and she'd be like, Yes. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I had a crush on him during Titanic. I watched the first time Titanic, the f- six, and then he was my first celebrity crush. And um, but actually, since once upon a time in Hollywood, I'm more a Brad Pitt fan. <laughs> <laughs> you switched. You've been converted. I yeah, say, I'm still a Leo fan. I like, <laughs> like, I know that Brad is like objectively cute, but I. I don't personally think that he's that attractive, but I I can recognize that he is a beautiful person. <laughs> yeah, but but after the movie came out, I like walked around the whole school and were like, Brad Pitt or Leonardo DiCaprio? And everybody said Leonardo DiCaprio. And I was like, no, it's Brad Pitt. <laughs> You've been outnumbered. Yeah. But actually funny is that I started a, writing a book last year last summer and then once upon a time in hollywood came up and the main character like the love interest is not called fred <laughs> oh my gosh i okay so that means that when people go back and read this book they'll, be, <laughs> they'll, they'll get like a little tidbit of like a little easter egg yeah <laughs> oh my gosh Oh, especially when they listen out to this episode and then they will listen, then they will read the book and we're like, okay, so that's Brad Pitt. Okay, great. Yeah. Now we know that. Oh I love that so much though. When like, when like little things connect. Um, oh, I don't remember who, but a lot of authors I used to read when I was, when I was um, in high school would do that with their books. And it was always so fun to like figure out, like, you mm-hmm. know, like read past interviews and, and figure out like which little, um, I guess like like tidbit was a fun fact. I'm like, oh, yeah. So it, yeah, I don't know. But it's kind of annoying because I once told my f- my friend, a good friend of mine, that we're kind of connecting things in our books of ourselves. Mm-hmm. And then and this book I published now is one scene where the main character is saying, "I don't like therapy." And then my friend, who's actually going right now for therapy, was like, "You don't like therapy," and I was like no stop this is not me this is the main correct you know you know you have to rate it again mm-hmm. I yeah that. I think that people do that with like um with like musician songs a lot mm-hmm. too like they'll like write a lyric that means something but somebody else will take it another way um and it'll just be like no 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 that's just the song like I don't you know that whole sort of situation I read you wanted to podcasting too oh my gosh I when I was, when I was before, before I started the magazine, that was something that I tried to do, except I wanted to start a radio station. Um, but that's something that was my head too. Yes, that's like, I mean, as, as like an, as like an eighth grader, I was like, what, um, four, 14, maybe that was, I had no clue how to do that. And like, I don't want to be like, back then no but but back then, like, there weren't like a super, there weren't like a lot of like zines, there weren't a lot of um like, I guess like younger people doing that so at least I didn't find them if like YouTube was the thing that people did yeah um, and so all I could find so I, I did start a YouTube channel briefly that was short-lived that was a horrible mistake <laughs> but um yeah I did um I wanted to start I wanted to start um a radio station at some point but 
that didn't really click. So then I started the magazine and that was something that was like, oh, I love this, like that sort of thing, you know? Yeah, but I think everybody's figuring that out. Yeah. Like the people in my school are sometimes saying like, oh, this question was boring. And then we're like, what should I've asked them then? And they're like, I don't know. I didn't say anything. <laughs> because then, yeah. And then they're always like, how, how do you hit them up? How do you slide into their DMs? And I'm like, sometimes, you know, at, at this point, I'm just saying, I have no clue. Just, just make it on your own. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's very much like, um, I don't know. You just gotta, gotta take the small windows of opportunity that come and just like shoot out your message. Like the amount of cold emails that I've sent out that like became something beautiful is really cool. And everybody's like, how did you do that? I'm like, you just hit send. Like that's pretty much it. (laughs) So how did everything start with Pure Nowhere? Um, With Pure Nowhere, everything. So when I was, when I was in eighth grade, when I was like 13, 14, I started to build the website. Um, and it took me like a year and a half to get that up, but it never really had like a purpose. I was always kind of looking for, I guess, some, like something like an outlet, but I didn't know what that was going to look like. Um, and then when I was 15 for my birthday, I went to my first local concert and that was like, that was the defining point. Like I can chart back who I am now to that exact night because I remember I remember sitting there in the parking lot and I saw this big group of kids um come around the side and meet one of the bands and they went backstage and I saw them like inside like talking to the security guards and like all the all the people working and I'm like I want to be one of those people like I was like I have finally found my space where everybody's like so wholeheartedly themselves um And so I started the magazine because I wasn't good enough at guitar to be in a band. Um, And it was also like my way of giving back to a community that gave me everything. So it started out as, as like a local music blog for the San Diego music scene. And then two years into it, I met um, my best friend, Abby online. She was also running a magazine in Australia. We were the same age. We had like all the same dreams and aspirations. We connected. Yeah. Yeah, that um that she was really good at, I needed help with, and vice versa. Um, so we decided to merge our magazines together, um, and we became super super close friends. And then that's when everything kind of changed because we weren't just a music magazine anymore. We now Mm -hmm. did like like culture and activism, and we just got very fixated on documenting youth culture and all its like many different forms, um, and creating like a space for when no physical place feels like home, which is one of like our taglines. Cause um, I don't know, I think it's really special when you can feel like safe and heard in a specific environment and go somewhere and have like a community of people that maybe you've, you've never necessarily met them, but everybody's so supportive and so um, honest. I think that's really beautiful. But yes, that's how, that's how it started. And it's, it's always kind of changing and evolving as we grow too, but that's the basis <laughs> but I love the design of of your magazine like the Instagram page and that stuff thank you so much I, I love I love the people that we work with like everybody inspires it so much um yeah I don't know I'm just I'm really happy with where we are right now that's fine that's fine like literally today the whole day I'm always like I'm always the person who starts crying immediately <laughs> so today I felt so happy for who I am today because of when I remember me last summer I was so depressive and like 
didn't figure out how life works and then a good friend of mine died and all that stuff and I was like really depressed and um so I'm really like taking every day so grateful right now that's just yeah <laughs> I love that I I think about that a lot now especially just with like quarantine I haven't like seen anybody or done anything in five almost six months now and so it's like that I don't know I'm okay so I have this thing where I love talking to strangers like like if I see somebody who like looks very interesting mm -hmm. out in the world and I'm like I want to be friends with them I will just walk up to them and be like hey you seem yeah. really cool you should be friends <laughs> um and that usually that like throws off my friends so much um but I really hope that like coming out of quarantine everybody will be a lot more open to different aspects of like chance or opportunity or or like I don't know, just, just doing everything that you want to do while mm -hmm. you can do it. Cause I, I don't know, I went so long, like, you know, thinking like, oh, I wish I could be friends with that person. And they're standing like two feet away. I'm like, why can't you? Like, there's that question of like all these, like, yeah. I guess, like tiny regrets that kind of build up over time. And I want to make sure that those are as little as possible. And I'm excited to see what, um, what other people take out of the whole quarantine experience as well. Yeah. Yeah, that was also with my brother. He was like always thinking that I'm brilliant and I'm genuine and talented and I should do it. And then he saw how I got frustrated with my book and that stuff. And then quarantine started. And we talked just one week ago on the phone. And he was like, you know, you, you're now better than I am right now. And I was like, he's 30 and he's telling me that that's so that was so so overwhelming actually I was so proud of myself then too and then I was like oh my god <laughs> I'm also yeah. working for my brother so don't ask me what I do <laughs> just but that was also like my classmates like um looked for holiday jobs and that stuff and they're like okay hey Tabia do you have a holiday job too and I was like I'm publishing my book. I have this podcast. I may be writing another book. Um, now I'm making lyrics videos for musicians. Uh, I walk for my brother. Isn't that enough? <laughs> I feel that very much. I That's me because I, I was taking um, 18 credits the entire book semesters last year, which is like the absolute maximum you can take at my school, like without applying for like special like exceptions. Um, and my major is really hard. But on top of that, I was working two part time jobs, literally before, after and like in between every single class, like every day of the week. And then I have the magazine and I throw shows. And then now mm -hmm. I work for my friend's music tech startup doing, um, doing outreach for different clients. And like, And like like freelance work too. I don't know. It's just always a lot. And so when somebody's asking me like, "Oh, what are you up to?" and I'm always yeah. like, "What part of what part are you asking about?" Like that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, or like the people are just telling me, "Yeah, what are you, what are you doing in two years?" And I'm always like, I stopped telling them that I want to travel around and just write my books and having this podcast and doing whatever I want to do because they just telling me that doesn't work. That won't work. And I'm like, that will work. <laughs> it does work though. If like you put in the time and the effort and the dedication to it, like you can make like anything adaptable. Like it's just based off of what you want because even yeah. if like 
it works for you doesn't mean it'll work for them. And so maybe mm-hmm. they'll still see it as like, oh, well, like you don't have this, like that doesn't work. And, but to you, it's like, I don't need that, you know, like this yeah. is all I want, that sort of situation. Yeah. Or like the classmates are like texting me like, hey, how's your holidays going? I'm like, okay, so this week I have four more podcast episodes. I should edit more podcast episodes. Or uh, how are you? How are you? <laughs> and then they're telling me they're laying on the bed and watching Netflix and TikTok and I'm like man I would love to do that too but I exactly know if I start a Netflix film I'm I just stop in the middle and then I'm editing or I don't know texting legends or something. I love that so much I I am very much that person though I'll like start 10 different things and like never finish any of them and then in the end I'll be like I the whole thing was like a procrastination thing too like I started all these things to procrastinate but then Mm -hmm. procrastinated on what I was procrastinating on and then in the end like nothing gets done and I'm like okay (laughs) so I didn't relax today because I was too stressed out about the work I wasn't doing I didn't finish any of the stuff that I started to do and I didn't even do what was actually on my to-do list so like what happened you know yeah, but I learned that actually I started having a to-do list too, but I stopped having it because it's just stressing me out. And But literally, I just said, I'm going to bed every day and then I'm asking myself what I achieved today. And then, you know, then I'm laying in my bed and thinking, okay, I didn't do the stuff I had to do. But for example, a legend texts me back and agreed that they doing with me this podcast. Like, this is something. yeah. <laughs> I like that. I, I'm a big fan of to-do lists, but I agree that sometimes it overwhelms me. So I'll write like, like little <laughs> tiny tasks that I did that day just so I can check it off and like feel productive. <laughs> What's your position in the magazine? Like, what are you doing? Your co-owner and? Yes, I am one of the head editors and co-owner of the magazine. Um, and then Abby, my, my best friend and partner, is also um, a head editor and co-owner. Um, and we have a team of around 70 people now, which I think is very exciting all over the world. Um, yeah. But I know that with, with publications, a lot of people like call themselves like editor-in-chief. Um, but that's something that like Abby and I have talked about and like aren't really comfortable with because I feel like I don't know, it makes it seem like that there's one person in charge mm-hmm. of the magazine, whereas, like, we want it to be a collaborative experience where, like, everybody on everybody on our team from, like, intern to writer to, like, managing web editor, like, we want everybody to feel like they have an equal sort of say in the yeah. direction that we go in and, like, the content that we make, you know? Yeah, but you make this impression. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> How can people get involved in your magazine? I'm just asking for a friend. I'm not interested in having another tip, no. <laughs> oh my gosh. I Okay, so for your friend, um, we do <laughs> always accept um, submissions, pitches, um, any sort of approach like that through hello at purenowhere.com or submit at purenowhere.com. The submit is more like if you're sending in like a piece that you've already written or like something like that. Um, and then we also we also have different opportunities for collaborations for different projects that we're doing. Like when right now we have a curator making a series on um, 
um, BI, POC couples in quarantine. And so we're looking for, for different couples that want to sort of document that intimacy between them. And then we are trying to start our second print issue. So we will have like specific submissions, um, like openings for that. Um, so yeah, honestly, honestly, if you want to do something, the, the biggest thing is just to email. Um, and it might take us a sec to reply just because there are a lot of emails that come in, but we'll always get to it. Um, yeah. And then also just like Instagram, tag us in your stuff so we can see what cool art or photography you're doing. So actually, I'm just thinking, I would love to collaborate with you. That's the truth. And I'm also like, I'm always open to collaborate with people. And I would love, so for example, I'm really into video editing. Would that be something which could be in your collective of editors or would that be yeah honestly we haven't done that much video work yet just because we like haven't really had the means to do it haven't really had anybody that's too interested but I think like videos for Instagram or something and if you ever want to write if you ever want to do like an interview feature or if you have like a personal piece like we'd publish a ton of personal essays too um so I know that you said that you wrote a ton of songs about your dad if you wrote like like I guess like a personal piece about that I've published a ton of stuff just like out of my own personal journal and put it out there yeah I think that's really special we have like one section called dear youth that just sort of goes under like all that like word vomit like honesty like little intimate things that people send to us um, and that's really beautiful but yes you should email me or text no just text me after this and we'll talk some more okay great so I saw you shooting also for example mm -hmm. we assume meetings to take your photos um yeah. what cameras are you using um right now Oh, I just put it away. I I just got a new camera from my uncle. He sent me one of his old ones and he's like, it's not that fancy. Do you want it? And it is, it is nice. It's, um, it's a Sony. I want to say it's like, hmm, I don't know the exact name, but it's, it's a Sony DSLR. That's the one digital camera that I have. And then I have my two Pentax IQ zooms, which are little point and shoot film cameras. I have a Canon AE-1, which is um, an SLR film camera, um, a Minolta Maxim, <laughs> and, and then I have like a, like a little camcorder and then a digital tiny little point and shoot. And I, I, I have a thing for cameras. I collect quite a few um, yeah, but that's fine. That Thanks. is fine. I'm like collecting earrings. That's awful. I I'm love that so much. My friend runs an earring company. You should check it out. It's called Kike on Instagram. And they make like lots of, I have like lemon ones and cherries and I have little butterflies and they're really cute. Oh my God. Yeah. Because every time I'm in a, I'm in a store and they have earrings, I'm running to them and then choosing one of them because I can't go out of that store without having an earring. I love that so much. I didn't, I didn't have my ears pierced for the longest time either because they closed when I was little. Now I do. But so Kike would always put clip-ons on for me. So I didn't have to worry about that. I thought that was very sweet. So I also read you're a music lover. So we want to talk about, I mean, actually you're co-owning a music and culture magazine. Come on. <laughs> I mean, no, I hate music. Like, like that's, no, I'm joking. So what's an album where you say is one of the best ever? Oh, okay. 
Okay. I was just talking about this the other day with my friend. He asked me what five albums I would I would take with me and only play those five. But the best ever, let's say coming out of like my personal preference, like not just my favorite albums, but one that I think is one of the best albums ever made. There's three that come to mind. I would take Tapestry by Carol King as one of the best albums ever made. Marquee yeah. Moon by Television is also amazing. And then Tremble Under the Boom Lights by Jonathan Fire Eater. Those are three that are like so, I guess, like impactful and influential in their respective areas and have done so much in terms of like producing and lyricism and instrumentals that it yeah. you listen to it and you're like, this is like collectively the entire album is a work of art like those three yeah are, yeah it's just got recent into carol king but i was like like really like the most of their of her best songs and successful ones are from this album and i was <laughs> like she made a hit album like exactly <sighs> it's not just a hit song it's like an entire album that is so spot on like every song you think okay this is the best one and then the next yeah. one comes on and you're like wait okay <laughs> yeah exactly so choose five to ten songs for your la for your filmed soundtrack oh my gosh um five to ten okay wait wait let me pop pull up my spotify real quick <laughs> five to ten songs For my soundtrack. Okay, so one has to be Word All the Time Go by Dr. Dog. That is the soundtrack to my life. That one is beautiful. <laughs> um, okay, let me... I have a playlist that's called Instant Happiness, and it's just all the songs that when they immediately play, they make me so very happy. So Aww. I'm probably going to pick songs from there because that is... They always... They always... Um, they always pull through. Um, okay. Word All the Time Go by Dr. Dog. Um, Sister Golden Hair by America, Crimson and Clover, um, Build Me Up Buttercup. <gasps> yeah. So good. Um, Making Breakfast, um, Twin Peaks, Necromancer, Joy Again, Junk of the Heart, The Kooks, Boys Don't Cry, The Cure. Mm -hmm. um, Wouldn't It Be Nice, The Beach Boys. Oh my god, yeah. And my last one our song by Radiator Hospital. I'd say that those were those would that would be a very strange soundtrack, but I would every song playing would make me so happy. That's so cool. That's so cool. Actually I couldn't choose anything because literally so I'm not always dancing when I'm in this room. I'm sometimes just playing my book ideas. <laughs> And then I'm having the soundtrack of this album, of this, of this book. And actually I wouldn't, I couldn't choose any 10 songs that would be. I love that so much. Did you, did you ever watch the TV show Normal People? No, I, I think okay. I can watch it. Okay. <sighs> If you can, that TV show, it's on Hulu and it is so good. And one of our writers wrote an article about it because the creators of the show actually made playlists for each specific character. And they sent the playlist to the actors ahead of time so they can kind of like get into the mindset of the person. And so she wrote an article on the intimacy within playlists and like storytelling through music. And I thought that that was like so interesting so like now for every single project that I do I have to make a playlist to, to capture the energy <laughs> I'm always doing that that's so like I have so many Spotify play playlists and like my songs are 
8,900, something about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, my playlist averaged at around like 100 songs per playlist. And I, I yeah, it's not my. I, I have just, sometimes just playlists of free songs in it, but then I'm listening to them on repeat. Mm -hmm. Oh my God. I actually have also like on Instagram, I'm posting every day the song of the day. I love that so much. I, I, I just made, I made this in animation for me because I was like, I'm always sharing music. So why not sharing it daily and then making a cool animation to it? And literally some people like hit me up or like, how did you do that? And I'm always like, if you want that, I do something for you. I'm here. <laughs> Wait, send me one of those posts when this is over. I want to see one of those. That sounds really cool. Actually, my story, if you just, you know, like tap on. Okay. I, will I think today, it, today is, it's Bruce Springsteen, my hometown. I love that. Oh my gosh. My friend Gusby does this thing, but he, he calls it Gusby's Grooves of the Day. And so every day <laughs> he posts a new song and he's like, he's, he's been doing it for, for a long time now. I genuinely don't know how long, but it always makes my day. <laughs> What's your fave genre of music? genre of music i would if i only had to pick one um oh my gosh i would i would probably say indie rock because so much can fit underneath there like you can get a little bit of punk influence a little bit of classic rock a little bit of yeah. like r&b and so that's i feel like that's one of the most versatile genres so I, i would pick indie rock what's your fave music decade music de oh okay hands down um late 60s early 70s because that had so much for women in music in terms mm -hmm. of classic rock singer songwriter just like general classic rock and then also the punk movement there was so good like oh, new york and the uk were really having a having an adventure with that yeah that's true do you play any instrument I do. I play guitar and I play mandolin. Um, however, I have not played the mandolin in a long time, so I'm not very good anymore, but I, I really <laughs> want to pick it back up. That's one of like the most beautiful instruments, I think. What's mandolin? A mandolin is like, a, I kind of explain it as like a mixture between a ukulele and a, ba and a banjo. Oh, um, okay. It's like a very small string instrument. Um, and They used to play it a lot in, like, I want to say, like, the medieval era. It was um, used, and it's, like, I don't know. I think that it's, like, the, the if you could make a butterfly into an instrument, the mandolin is what it would sound like. It's, like, this tiny. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. So this is one of my favorites. I... I got into it because I heard some covers of The Cure on mandolin, and it was the most beautiful thing I had ever heard. I was like, okay, so now I have to learn how to play. <laughs> that was actually with me in saxophones. I'm a huge 80s fan, and like the 80s are always having this saxophone solo in it. And one day I just said, I'm taking it, but the teacher was bad. And yeah, now I didn't learn. It's just, I think I can play one, one note. One. I've always, I've always yeah. wanted to learn how to play the saxophone. I, I love jazz music. That's one thing that, um, yes, it's like a guilty pleasure of mine. <laughs> What's your faith band of all time? Cage the Elephant. Hands down. I actually, wait, 
back here. Wait, that that thing right there. Um, that's a signed set list by Matt Schultz. My dad got me for Christmas one year. It's well, not a set list. It's a, it's a lyric sheet for um one of their songs. But that they were the very first band that I ever got into. I was in the second grade when my god brothers got me into Cage the Elephant. My very first concert ever. Um, and my first time crowd surfing was at a Cage the Elephant concert. And so my all-time, all-time favorite band ever. <laughs> What's your favorite artist of all time? Artist? Oh my gosh, wait, like what kind of artist are we talking about? Music. Music? Yeah. Well, do you mean like, okay, it's a singular, like not band, but like singular musician? Exactly. Okay. Um, I genuinely have no clue. I haven't thought about like singular I don't know. I can't, I can't answer that one. I pass. That's fine. So what are your plans for today, for this week? My plans for today, um, for this week, I have two new Zoom photo shoots. I have to edit the pictures and collage them. Um, I am going to pack because I'm moving back up to LA in a few days, um, which I'm very excited about. I like everything's my major is one of, or it is the only major on campus that is still in person just because it's so small and everything is like very physical. Um, so I'm moving into this house. We have like a house cat and a house turtle, which I'm very uh. excited for. Um, I'm cutting my hair and I'm dying it blue again and probably going to read some more of that Debbie Harry book. Yeah. It's yeah. worth it. It's worth it. <laughs> so excited I just started it a few weeks ago and then I went through like a period of like about like a week and a half where I was just like okay I'm sleeping for the entire week and that is okay so that's a great idea I think I should plan it into these holidays <laughs> it so honestly was like the best thing I've ever done I genuinely just like let myself lay in bed do nothing talk to nobody and it was very relaxed <laughs> so That's it. <laughs> oh, oh, thank you so much for having me on here. I really enjoyed talking to you. Yeah, I enjoyed talking to you too. <laughs> I love the, the little rants that we got off on in the beginning. Made me very happy. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah, then. I love that. I loved thank it too. Have a great day. I mean, actually, it's dark outside. You have a great night. Sleep well. Dream of Brad Pitt. Um <laughs> Okay. Bye, friends. Bye. Bye. And this was Kyla Rain, everybody. Write me your definition of Kyla Rain in the comments. I'm so curious about your definitions. Like, and if you got one perfectly right, then I hire you to be my intro writer. Um, yeah. This was today's episode of season two of Kyla Rain. And next week we're going to have a musician. I don't tell you who it is, but uh, it's a musician. If you want to know who it is or, or you want to listen to more stuff of this episode that I had to cut off because otherwise it would have been too long, then in this bio you'll find the link to my Patreon. It's really cheap. And you can get their early access to the next episode. 
actually to all episodes I'm putting out in the next weeks. Then you get bonus content, for example, Kyla talking about California, enter college years. And you will find out earlier than everybody else who the next guest is. So it's worth checking it out. And by the way, you also support them, this podcast. And definitely follow Pure Nowhere, Kyla Rain and Abby Strangword on Instagram for more content. That was me. That was Bonnie Overson. I wish you a wonderful night. And see you next week.